Hello, and welcome to the Brutal Iron Gym Podcast, where our goal is to cut through the BS and deliver the brutal truth about topics related to health and happiness. Today's podcast number 1915. The topic is in depth, and the title is Knowledge Foundation for Personal Trainers. I have a business service which I started offering, uh, I think, I don't know, I think it was like two years ago or so, where I had someone reach out and they wanted to learn more about personal training business. So I've been doing uh, personal training since I was 18 years old. I've been paid for it and I've been doing it as uh, part of like full-time job. <laughs> and what I mean by part of that is I was teaching at the university and doing personal training uh, for a couple years. And then I started, I opened Brutal Hour Gym and I've been doing it uh, as my sole source of income uh, since then in 2011. It's been going very well. I'm very, very, very blessed and grateful to everybody who's listening to the podcast. And recently I had uh, two trainers reach out and they're friends and they asked if they could do the business service that I offer together. So the idea of the business service, if you wanted to learn more about it, is on our website, www.brutalarengym.com. But essentially what they wanted was in that service, we do a one-hour virtual appointment every week. So we basically do a, a, just a meet and greet and talk and consultation and everything uh, every single week. They ask me whatever they want to ask me for an hour straight and I love it because I get to answer a bunch of fun questions and then I send back information based on what we discuss and then they each have their own like online journal they can ask questions uh, during the week or type in topics that they want to remember to discuss when we do our virtual meetings but I've been really loving it it's fired up like it it's one of those things like it always excites me and like rejuvenates my energy for uh for this like it reignites my passion and so very grateful that they asked for that service and very grateful to have the opportunity to be able to do that uh, with people kind of share what I love with people. Why I wanted to do today's podcast on this topic was they started asking, like I have, I've hosted interns over the years in person at the gym, but also virtual interns. Uh, I, I grew up in Pennsylvania and then I moved down to South Carolina and that's where I live now. So I have, uh, I've done some virtual, uh, Internships, I just blanked on that term, <laughs> virtual internships from uh, people I knew in Pennsylvania or like recommendations of friends and then some in-person ones here in South Carolina. And the two clients who were doing the business service asked what was some starting information that I would give somebody if they were going to be a personal trainer and they're, they're passionate about it, they want to grow and become the best they can be. What are some fast-track things I could do to give them areas to focus on? So, in short, when I started doing this, I, I started focusing on training when I was 16 years old. I thought if I did push-ups, my chest would grow, and if I did sit-ups, my, my belly would get lean. You know, you'd, you'd lose belly fat and get six-pack abs, but if I did push-ups, somehow that was going to do the like the, I wasn't going to worry about making my chest leaner. It was going to build my muscles. And it's just funny. You know, when you first start, uh, you're just, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And so I started with push-ups and sit-ups at 15 years old. I got weights when I was 16, and I just hammered the weights, hammered, hammered, hammered the weights. At the time, unfortunately, though, I was uh, like skinny fat. 
And I thought the way to lose fat would be to just not eat anything. So I ate one meal a day. And I thought that when you trained your muscles, they grew, but I didn't know that they needed material to grow from. I have no clue how I thought that at that age. I feel like embarrassed for myself. <laughs> that, you know, I was like, what the hell did you think they were going to grow from? Like air? <laughs> you know? So, uh, but I didn't realize that you needed food for your muscles to grow. Yeah, surprise, surprise. So once I, I focused on training for a couple years, realized I wasn't getting as good of results as I had expected. And then I was like, well, you know, I, I, I read all these magazines, and I just got on the internet at that time, uh, which is going to blow some of your younger people's minds that I just said I just got the internet. But I just got the internet, <laughs> and I started reading in the magazine, started listening to some things online, and I'm like, man, everybody's talking about food, food, food. You know, all these bodybuilders are talking about eating this and that. So I wanted to learn more about food, so I went and got a master's in nutrition, and I thought that was going to teach me more about aesthetic nutrition, meaning like how you look based on how you eat. It taught nothing about that. absolutely zero classes about that, zero credits. And then there was only one three-credit course in the whole freaking program about performance nutrition, so that was depressing. I know a ridiculous amount about nutrition now, uh, but it was very frustrating to have gone through that program to have zero aesthetic nutrition education and very pathetic, um, no offense, well, I don't know how they're not going to be offended, but <laughs> so so no offense, offense intended, but I'm sure it's happening, uh, but very pathetic um, like knowledge about performance nutrition, one three credit class, and I already knew more than that. Because I had already been experimenting and doing things with myself and with clients. And it was depressing. Absolutely depressing. So, very frustrated with that. I ended up having two of my teachers as clients because of how little was taught on aesthetic nutrition. So, like, they're extremely educated. Like, people, ridiculously knowledgeable. But nothing was taught about aesthetic nutrition. So I had to basically teach myself. And that's the kind of learning and growing and experimenting as you go. And it was fun because I grew up with, uh, at the same age as like other people in the industry where when they started, there wasn't internet. You were just talking to some friends. Maybe there was a local guy who was kind of jacked, looked like pretty strong. You're like, well, what do you eat? You know, uh, I remember like I graduated high school with girls on the track team were out squatting me. And uh, so I had no like good genetics baseline at all, uh, but I was just asking people, talking to people. Then when I got like social, like internet, I started asking and looking there. But the evolution for me was over years and years and years to focus on training, then go to nutrition. Then I started learning more about uh, like supplements and. Then what I'm going to get into today is the other details that you need to know to be a good personal trainer. And that includes like how to use social media properly, to how to manage time and stress, not only for your life, but how to teach clients to do that. Communication skills, verbal and nonverbal communication skills are ridiculously important if you want to be a good personal trainer. There are so many components beyond just nutrition and training that would make you a good personal trainer. So the, the two clients in the business service, they ask, you know, how do we, how do we know what you know faster than it took you to know it? <laughs> and I said, great question. Here we go. So I laid out some information that I'm going to be sharing in today's podcast. 
Now, nutrition, I'm going to burst everyone's bubble because I feel like nutrition is not that complicated. It really, truly isn't. The challenge is how you implement it, not in what it is. It's like what, what allows you to look better and perform better is absolutely common sense at this point. Uh, people can't really argue it. It's calories in versus calories out. You're going to go, feel free to argue it. <laughs> I know there are arguments and I, I know all the cases and all the, you know, uh, I know it all. But in regards to like what people are going to say, not that I know everything. Uh, that's definitely not true. I'm learning new things every day. But I know people will have some counter arguments. But at the end of the day, kind of the baseline stuff that that matters is are you eating enough calories and that's usually what happens the most is when people try to lose weight, they tend to undereat, and they actually eat too little to lose body fat. And they and they kind of they fight their own process. They make it harder than it needs to be. Then it would be okay. Out of the calories I'm having, do I have enough protein? Do I have enough protein percentage? And then the timing of my calories and protein. Am I having the calories and protein when I need it the most? Those three things are really, if you can... Personalize those, personalize those to your needs and be able to become consistent with them, you're going to achieve amazing results. So I've helped people get, um, you know, pro cards in natural and un, like tested and non-tested uh, aesthetic competitions. And that's all we ever really, like they've, I've had people do it on fats only. I've had people do it on carbs. Uh, like you pick whatever diet structure you want, as long as it's controlled for calories, protein, and timing, they're going to get super freaking lean. So we've I've done that like where the client can eat rice, potatoes. They can eat, I don't care. Like what? <laughs> like I don't want them eating ice cream and pizza because it's not going to like digest at the right rates we want. So the digestion rate is included in timing when you start getting into like the higher levels of uh, results that you want. So if you want somebody to be down to like three percent body fat, uh, there are some super duper detailed things that matter, but they still are within the umbrella concepts of calories, protein, and timing. So that's really where you start for yourself or with any client is how do I get them in the right range of calories? How do I get them to be consistent per day with calories? Then protein, then timing. So on our website, www.brillarmgym.com, you can go to free nutrition education. The first document on there is create your own nutrition program. You can open and view that document. You can download it. Um, do whatever you want. It, it tells you where to start. Literally, you can use that for every single client, and you will already have enough information that that client will have to focus on that will give you uh, plenty enough to work on. <laughs> so calories and getting enough calories the right amount of calories and doing it consistently getting the right amount of protein doing it consistently and then trying to time your calories of protein to best match their daily activities if you work on that that's your whole lifetime <laughs> trying to work on that for most people and that's going to absolutely get amazing results no worries that's everything you need to know so nutrition is easy in the sense that you just go to the website Go to free nutrition education, click on that, create your own nutrition program, follow the instructions, done. That's all you need to know about nutrition. Now, I hope you continue to learn more, <laughs> but it's all there. That's like, focus on that 
and you won't get lost in the nuancy, weird details that don't really truly matter. Um, and that'll help you a lot in regards to what you need to know as a personal trainer for nutrition for your clients. Now, how you implement that information, that is the, that's the, you know, million billion dollar question is the, like how you implement it has to be to a personal degree. And that's going to be the challenging part of it. So for example, if somebody's, you know, vegan or vegetarian, it's still calories, protein, and timing. It's just how do I get them to do that with the foods that they're, they're comfortable eating? If somebody has celiac disease, somebody's diabetic, uh, again, it's calories, protein, and timing, but how do I do that with foods that match their needs? If somebody has a crazy work schedule, like I work with somebody right now that has a fluctuating work schedule, the day, when they get up and when they go to bed changes all the time throughout the week. It's still calories, protein, and timing. The timing component, super freaking challenging for them, but that's still what matters. So it's still the same things that matter for everybody. It's just how do you implement it on an individual basis so they can be consistent with those elements. But that's it. That's all you need to know about nutrition. I know that it's not super fun. I took all the fun away from it. (laughs) But um, that would be the great place to start. On YouTube, uh, uh, there's Lane Norton. You might disagree with a lot of what he says, but he's pretty sciencey background, uh, and uh, he he implements his stuff with clients and himself, and you can see what he says works. So Lane Norton is somebody that I will watch his videos on YouTube. Anything Stan Efforting says, I'll check him out as well. And IFBBAMA, Ask Me Anything. That's a really good channel as well for nutrition education. Even if you're not a bodybuilder, like IFBB is um, a professional bodybuilders. That's their uh, uh, organization. But bodybuilders know how to perform well in workouts and how to look super lean. So whether you're doing that for any other reason, you would still you can still learn a lot from what they do. So IFBB AMA is another one. I'm trying to limit my uh, recommendations per category so I don't overwhelm you. But I could sit here and list like a, you know 100. <laughs> but those are three that I check out on a regular basis. And if anything comes up on my YouTube feed from them, I will definitely give it a listen. I'll, I'll look at it and see what they're saying. But nutrition, it is relatively simple in concepts. Again, calories, protein, and timing. And then it's the individual application, like like implementation. How do you get the person to be consistent and have the right amount of calories and protein? Now, training. Uh, Training, and we can also include in training like injury, like rehab and management, like just kind of managing tight muscles and things like that. A lot of that's going to come down to hydration. Uh, but that's also a thing that we have on our website. Uh, you can go to uh, com. go to free program examples. And on there, I have a bunch of examples uh, specific from clients. And then we also have general templates for like powerlifting, which would be like a strength-based training. We have fat loss and shaping, which is like a 30-minute structure and a 60-minute structure. We have female shape development. We have a bodybuilding program. We have functional athleticism. Uh, so tons of programs. And that's all in there. The templates all have the breakdown of what's like to be addressed in each workout. 
So tons and tons of stuff there. And then we also have our free training education page, which I'm going to be producing a lot more client, a lot more videos on our YouTube channel now, uh, now that it's the new year. And so I'm going to be uploading them um, as I can get to uh, schedule wise to the website, but also check out and follow our YouTube channel. You'll see a lot, a lot of videos are going to be up on the YouTube channel this year. So tons of free training education, tons of programming education. Programming is relatively simple as well as nutrition is when somebody comes in the gym, you have a movement preparation section of the workout, which means you just have to get a little loose, you know, like undo some tight muscles, get them moving properly for the day, get their endorphins up, adrenaline up, get them, get their body warmed up and ready. Then you have the strength element of the workout. Then you have everything else after that. <laughs> now, if you're doing explosive stuff, that'll come before the strength. Um, we have all that broken down in those documents. So if you want to check any of those out, they're all in there. Um, but nutrition and training, that is what people typically come to me thinking they have to know the most nuancy details ever. And the the truth of it is that that's not... Um, that's not going to be the thing that you need to devote the most time to. That's going to sound crazy, probably crazy. But nutrition and training, if you think about where your clients are in the spectrum of total beginner to an elite level, uh, whether it's an athlete or a bodybuilder or a strength um, you know, athlete, whatever the outcome might be for their goal. So maybe they do, they run marathons or they like the world record holder for marathon. So think about from total first day ever to like the best in the world, wherever they rank is wherever your knowledge needs to be plus like one. (laughs) So when I've trained other trainers before, they might say like, oh, you know, I don't think I know enough to start working with people. And I'm like, hell yeah, you do. (laughs) I was like, if you think of zero as a somebody whose first day as a trainer they don't really know anything and 10 being the best trainer that you can think of in the world that you're aware of where would you rank yourself you might rank yourself at a maybe a three or a four because they're kind of low in confidence i'm like well then you train ones and twos train beginners i don't need to be a, a 10 level trainer to train a one level client right if if I know three on a scale of one to ten, I feel like, yeah, I know about, you know, three to four. I'm probably giving myself a rating of three to four. Then you train a bunch of ones and twos. You'd even train some threes. Have them push you a little bit. Have them push you to the solid four. Then start picking up some four clients and then have them push you to a five. So the idea of needing to know everything before you could be a good trainer, eh, 100% not true. 100% percent not true all you have to do is to know what that person needs to do next that's it so when i have clients come to me and they're not even consistent with calories nothing else i know matters (laughs) not yet i have to get them consistent with calories first all the other stuff like means nothing so whether i know the right grip to do on a bicep curl or a back row, like, oh, you know, the nuances of, an, of a purely supinated hand position versus a semi-pronated, who gives a shit? <laughs> if they're not consistent with calories, that doesn't matter at all. 
at all. That will do diddly. Nothing. So, it's a goofy example, but the idea is, is trainers often um, devalue themselves because they don't feel like they know everything. You will never know everything. Ever. The more you know, the more you're going to realize you don't know. <laughs> because you become more aware of how nuanced and super detailed each individual component can be. And you're like, okay, I want to know as much as I can about as much as I can. But am I ever going to be the nth most expert in one specific field? Likely not. And in my goal, this is just my perspective, I wouldn't want to be because to be like the foremost expert in one area, you're going to have to be a non-expert in a lot of areas. Meaning we only have 100% of our guilt ourselves to give to something. If I give every single second I have, like let's say you want to talk about protein synthesis. So I did a thesis. It was like 50-page thesis, 200 peer-reviewed uh, research articles, uh, like journals, um, as like my references. Stupid amount of time and, and dedication put into it. But for my master's in nutrition, I did a like a thesis document on the protein, the, the anabolic window, meaning after a workout, how important is it to consume protein within the first 20 minutes after workout. And if you do consume protein, should it be protein by itself? What type of protein? Should you have carbohydrates with it? Should you not? Uh, should you have fats with it? Should you not? So I spent a lot, a lot, a lot of time looking at that. And what the conclusion was is to eat something. Just after your workout, make sure you eat something. If it has some protein in it, that's a really good idea. Um, but eating something, even if it's, you know, should it be... 20% casein protein, 80% whey. Should you then pair that with a, you know, what glycemic index level carbohydrate to get the fastest absorption? Good God. None of that really matters. Just eat something. And then a couple hours later, eat something again. A couple hours later, eat something again. Like you have to have some food coming in over a couple meals, over 12 to 24 hours after training for your training to ever have any positive benefit. People get so super nuanced about like this post-workout drink, but then they'll go home and like two or three hours later and skip a meal, or they'll eat fried foods after having like spent seventeen dollars on a post-workout supplement, you know, shake. And it's like, golly, th things are so unbelievably uh, contrasted. People get so in the weeds about certain things, but yet they're freaking came and see the weeds <laughs> in other areas. So what I want to do with clients is get them doing everything pretty good. <laughs> if they can do everything pretty good, that's going to be great. Because often people are doing certain things great. They're doing certain things almost non-existent. And they're only ever going to be able to raise as high as those non-existent things. So the, the, every, every component works together. So if you have any component that's, that's truly not getting much attention, it's going to hold back every other component regardless of how much attention you put into those components. So if I take one area and maybe I'm, I'm performing at a 7 out of 10 and I'm like, man, I'm going to push hard. I'm going to get to an 8. When I get to an 8, I'm going to push to a 9. But when I look at hydration and I drink like maybe two 16-ounce like diet sodas a day, that's a freaking level like one out of 10. 
It won't matter what the hell I'm doing anywhere else if I'm so damn dehydrated. Uh, your gut is going to be crap. So your food digestibility, like how you're going to be able to utilize the food you're eating, horrible. Energy, horrible. You're going to look for all these supplements to make up for all these different like issues, horrible. So what I really focus on with clients is can I have them doing the basics consistently? And then once those are consistent, what's that one next thing we could add? What's that one next thing we could add? But I'm open to being in any area. Whatever I think might be holding them back, whether it's a training component, a nutrition component, a mindset, stress management, sleep, anything. So I'm getting quite rambly. I know that's the idea of these kind of in-depth podcasts. But what I would encourage you to do is to think of nutrition and training as don't make it as complicated as it could be. Make it as simple as it could be. The best trainer you can be is to make it as super simple for your client as possible. Don't make it super nuanced and think that that's going to impress them. People aren't impressed if they're not getting results. So they don't care how much you know if nothing you know is helping them. <laughs> right? So if you're teaching them about like grip for different back exercises, but they're like, I, I can't even feel my back. I feel like crap. I only made it halfway through the workout, and I don't feel like I've lost any weight over the last month. They're not going to give a crap what you know about grip positions and back training. If they're not getting results, they're not happy. So... Think of nutrition and training as what are the basics I can get right? Let me not overcomplicate that. Let me just get some consistency. So we said nutrition is on the website. Training is on the website. Supplements. Well, uh, training information, if you want to learn more. Uh, Josh Bryant, I really like for strength stuff. John Meadows for aesthetic development, like muscle building and things. And then Mark Bell, um, his channel has a lot of people coming in and teaching, uh, like, different topics and that's fun just like see what they say you know take it with a grain of salt <laughs> uh, but just expose yourself to more information those are three pretty good resources there's an infinite amount more i guess there's me i forgot to list me <laughs> but our youtube channel is going to have more information as well um but then supplements when it comes to supplements uh if you go to our podcast which you're obviously aware of because you're listening to this uh, podcast 1800 is a Q&A podcast titled, Are Supplements Really Worth the Money? That would be a great place to start for supplements. And then I also man, I talk about in that podcast, older podcasts we have discussing supplements. And then really from there, supplements, they're supplemental. They're, they're not going to be a make or break of anything. When people over-prioritize like fat burners, all they are is some energy and some like water loss component. Uh, so like a, a fancy type of dehydratic, uh, diuretic just to push out some water weights so they can see a scale go down and some type of energy component because that's going to make them feel better even if they're cutting their calories. So fat burners don't burn fat. They just help you be able to move more and they motivate you a little bit by seeing that scale go down. Then all of a sudden you do better in your diet, you do better in your training, but the fat burner itself doesn't burn any fat. So supplements... They're helpful, especially the health-based ones, uh, you know, like vitamins and minerals, uh, some joint recovery stuff, some digestive aids. Like those are going to be kind of your better ones. Anything that helps with sleep, if somebody has some problems with sleep. Basic just health ones are going to be the most important. When you're talking about, you know, if I want to build big muscles or be super strong, is creatine the missing link? Hell no. Absolutely not. Is it helpful? Yeah. <laughs> um you know, it's not going to make or break anything. So there's a lot of supplements that can help in small degrees. And 
if you're the type that's like, why, don't, why wouldn't I care about every little detail? Well, flip that around in yourself and make sure you're caring about every little detail everywhere else. Before you go spend $40 a month or more, a lot more, on a supplement, are you consistent with your calories? Are you consistent with protein? Are you timing those correctly? How are you doing with sleep? You know, are you sleeping seven hours at least every night? Uh, how are you doing with training? Are you getting your training in all the time? Are you getting in all your elements? You know, I know people that spend a crap load of money on supplements, but they don't even stretch. They don't do any, like, like one straw man guy bitches and whines and complains that he has a lower back problem, but he doesn't do any glute training, doesn't do um, basic mobility to unlock his hips. And it's like, why are you, like, you're wasting all this money on supplements. You're looking at all these nuancy details, watching all these videos, and you're not even doing, like, glute training and, and stretching your hips. Like, come on, man. Like, so it's just, people get so lost in all these nuances that they lose sight of the bigger picture. They lose sight of the things that they're not doing um, that are very simple, basic things. And it's just because they don't like them. <laughs> so, well, do you want results or not, you know? How do you make it enjoyable? Just put it in at the beginning of the workout for five minutes, set a five-minute timer, do some glute bridges, stretch a little bit, then move on with your day. There's a lot of things we do everywhere in life that we are not 100% excited about. So if there's something that you're putting off because you're not 100% excited about it, whoop-de-doo, welcome to life. Just get it done and move on. Then if we look at nutrition, training, and supplements, there's that's what most people think trainers need to know. And that is a very small picture, very small amount of what trainers actually need to know. The areas that I would encourage you to learn more about are social media, time and stress management, and communication skills. Those are the areas that a lot of trainers that I work with, if they're not doing well in business, it's usually these three things. It's not that they don't know enough to help their clients with nutrition, training, and supplements. That's not it. It's, it's that they don't know how to market themselves on social media better. They don't know how to manage time and stress uh, for their own life, let alone teach that to clients. And then all of a sudden, clients would be more consistent with the knowledge that the trainer is giving them about training and nutrition and supplements. <laughs> uh, and they don't know great communication skills. These are the three things that seem to, in my experience, set great trainers apart from not as great trainers. It's not nutrition training and supplement knowledge. It's social media marketing, time and stress management, and communication skills. These are the three things that I think a lot of trainers can spend an enormous amount more time in. So since we simplified nutrition, since we simplified training, since we simplified supplements, stop spending so much time there and put more time into social media, time and stress management, and communication skills. If you learn these three areas, you're going to do infinitely better as a trainer and be able to help more people. So, social media. Uh, podcast 893. Now that's an older podcast, so you have to go to our website. There's a podcast player on our website. Right underneath are instructions on how to find older podcasts. So you want to go find podcast 893. It's a trainer education podcast titled Social Media Marketing. Who should I market to? Really good podcast. Kind of this help kind of start that conversation, and then get into some books. 
uh, like watch things on YouTube. You want to spend a lot of time <laughs> learning about social media because if you can learn how to better display what you know, that's going to help you help more people. Now, there's a, a lot of books that I've listened to, um, like This is Marketing by Seth Godin. The last name is G-O-D-I-N. Um, the 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing uh, by Al Reese. It's R-I-E-S. How Brands Grow by Brian Sharp, S-R-H-A-R-P. There's just Amplify Your Influence by Renee Rodriguez. It's the Six Habits of Growth, Brendan Butchard. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of books that... Um, can help a lot. For example, uh, Designing Your Work Life by Bill Burnett, B-U-R-N-E-T-T, Masters of Scale by Reid Hoffman, H-O-F-F-M-A-N. There's a lot of things. Um, What I would really encourage you to do is to look online and like watch anything about entrepreneurialism on YouTube like look about social media marketing for fitness brands just really dive into that so take some of the time that you were doing that you were putting into nutrition training and supplements put that now into uh, social media marketing some you want to put more effort there and that is going to help you uh, grow your business which as you grow in a as a business you're going to be able to help more and more people so that's why you want to focus on that is because the bigger you can grow, the more people you can help. So a good book that I was looking for was Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller, M-I-L-L-E-R. There's a lot of other good ones. Uh, Lead Yourself First by Raymond Kethledge, K-E-T-H-L-E-D-G-E. Uh, Leaders Eat Last by Simon Sinek. Uh, it's just so many things. These are all books like audiobooks I've listened to, and there's like a hundred and some more. But I wanted to name some of them so that way you could go check those out. But the more you learn about social media and how to market yourself, that's going to help a lot because then more people know what you know and they know that you can help them and therefore you can now help them. <laughs> they reach out and you can help them. Uh, for me, social media... Uh, I know a lot of things that work in the fitness area that I just don't do. And it's a personal choice, and maybe I'll change my mind later. Uh, But like before and after photos, they're great for social media marketing. They are absolutely great for getting people to reach out for you. And like, man, if they can see a before and after photo, you are going to get people interested if they can see great results in those photos. I don't post any before and after photos, and that's a personal choice. When I grew up, I hated the way I looked. I could not stand looking at myself in the mirror because it was very defeating. It was demoralizing. I would work so freaking hard for a month or two or three, look in the mirror and not be able to see a damn thing. And what I learned as I got older was what I was changing was a lot of the underlying structures. I had no muscle when I was younger, so I was building muscle, but that, that, that happens under the skin. That happens under the fat. So maybe I had lost some fat, but I went from two inches of fat to an inch and a half of fat. still looks fat. So I was making a lot of changes. At that, at that age, you didn't have access to DEXA scans. 
where you can actually see like what's happening. Um, like uh, I eventually taught exercise physiology at the university level and did skinfold measurements. I've done over a thousand skinfold measurements, uh, well over a thousand. Um, I've done a whole bunch of testing like bod pod air displacement, uh, underwater, uh, anything you can think of for testing body fat. I've done them all. And uh, DEXA scan you can get access to in a lot of um, like urban areas, a lot of major cities for like a hundred bucks, maybe hundred fifty bucks. And that would be a great way to test what's happening more than just stepping on a scale or looking in the mirror. But I was demoralized by taking photos. So I don't want to do that to my clients. Now that's a personal choice. I don't have anything against trainers that do take photos. Great, do it. But at the same time, as, as much as they have the choice to do that, I have the choice not to. I don't want to do it because I don't want my clients to feel like everything we're doing like ride or dies based on how they look. I don't think that's psychologically healthy and I don't think it's motivating. I want them to feel better about themselves for being consistent with actions that help improve their life. I would rather do before and after of a consistency chart. I would like them to chart how many days in the first month we worked together that they hit their calorie and protein targets. And then month six, compare that chart. That's what I want to see. That is, to me, the truth the truth of growth as a human being and the truth of what will push progress is what does that chart look like? I want to see month one to month six to month 12. How consistent are we with hitting our, car, our targets? If we're supposed to work out four days a week, how many times do we do that in month one versus month six versus month 12? Like, man, that, that fires me up because now I'm like, damn, I need, to, I need to do that. I need to get clients to fill out these charts. I need to post before and after photos of that because that is what people don't know they need. I don't want to see somebody half naked and say, oh, yeah, they lost you know 5% body fat in 60 days and now they're happy. Bullshit. Bullshit. They're probably stressed out of their mind. They're probably hungry as hell. And I wonder what they're going to look like in a couple months from now. You know, is that fat going to stay off? What did they have to do to make that photo work? That isn't a lifestyle change. That isn't actually tied with happiness. That isn't tied with pride based on only the way they look. So I'm a big believer, as you can tell, that I really don't like before and after photos, but that's my choice. Uh, but that is a social media thing that it absolutely would help a channel grow, but I don't do it. So there are certain things that I don't do that I know would work, but they don't fit me as a person. They don't fit the way I would want to be treated if I was one of my clients. So I focus on education. And that's the number one thing I focus on is putting out content that just helps people. I do this podcast every day. I'm at 1,915 podcasts. Uh, I have, I think, over 1,800 videos on YouTube, and I don't even do YouTube on a regular basis. I just started doing that now this year, literally like the last 15 days. Um, I just want to help people. I just want people to, whatever you need, tell me, and I'll tell you what it is, and then I want you to go do it and have your best life. <laughs> that excites me. If money comes with it, great, and thank God it has. <laughs> uh, but that's not what that's not what motivates me. You know, I need money to pay bills and help support my wife, and uh, I want to honor my role of supporting her in life. So I I do I do understand what money can do, uh, but it's not a driving force. If I were to make a million dollars, but only get to help three people a year, I would be depressed, absolutely depressed. 
So that is what I do with marketing is focus on education. People don't know what you know until they know what you know. <laughs> so there's a, one of my favorite quotes is you don't know what you don't know until you know that you don't know it. Meaning you don't know what you don't know. You're not, a, you're not aware of what you're unaware of until somebody makes you aware. So when I teach something and then somebody sees it, even if it wasn't for them, they're like, holy crap, I didn't even know that that was a thing that I could know. I wonder what else this guy knows that I don't know. <laughs> so that's the idea of like the marketing aspect of what I put on social media is I just want to share things that are helpful and maybe it helps people realize that I might know what they need to know. If they see me helping someone else, they can say, hey, maybe this guy can help me too. So tons of books. I went through all that. Um, let's look at stress, time and stress management. Golly. This is 100% uh, what you're going to spend the most time doing as a personal trainer. How do you get people to be more consistent with your programs? The perfect plan doesn't matter if your client doesn't follow it. It doesn't mean tiddly. Whatever you put on paper, who gives a crap? <laughs> it's what the person does. That's what actually matters. I cannot even tell you, and I'm not going to spend any time doing it, how many people will tell me over the years, yeah, I'm following the plan, and then I find out they're not. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm following the diet, but you know, I do have a soda in the afternoon. I do have a couple bites of chocolate here or there. And it's like, well, then you're not following the plan. Shut up. <laughs> so you can't say I'm following it and then say things that aren't on the plan. That's, I don't know if you know how English works. But the idea is people will, they're only going to get the results from what they do. And that doesn't necessarily mean what you write is what they're going to do. How do you get them to do it more so the way that you have planned as a trainer is to help them manage life. If they're not as stressed, they can make better choices. If they manage their, their time better, and there's a big fluff about, you know, it's not time management. Everybody's the same 24 hours of the day. Yeah, no shit. Uh, time management just refers to how are you using your 24 hours. You can't make more time. We all know that. That's duh. So when people try to be like all, you know, fancy pants with their language, it's like calm down. <laughs> so uh, time management, you can call it energy management. You can call it whatever the hell you want. But how you manage your 24 hours in a day uh, is very important. So those are going to be super duper ridiculously helpful to know, not only because they're going to make you better in life, but they're going to help you teach your clients how to get closer to what you wrote. <laughs> so the three things that I would suggest that you learn as an individual and then start teaching to your clients. Podcast 1023 is a mindset podcast titled Stress Management, Options, and Priorities. Out of the entire podcast, like this one that you're listening to now, that's the one that, that's the podcast I'd recommend you go listen to the most. Out of everything I'm going to talk about in today's podcast, that's the one that I think would help the most people. Podcast 1023, Mindset Podcast, Stress Management, Options, and Priorities. The reason why is what will reduce stress and what will help you make better choices in life is to understand your priority list. Your people priorities, your work priorities, your life priorities. When I have a decision to make, not only am I gaining what I decide to do, I'm losing what I decide not to do. You want to make sure that what you lose isn't more important than what you're doing. It's very, very, 
very helpful to understand highest priorities in your life in regards to people and, and like stuff to do. So that way, with the energy, with the time that you have, you're always doing the most important, the most impactful things first. Very, very, very important. Then the next topic is important versus urgent. It's ridiculously important <laughs> to know what's important versus what's urgent. There are going to be so many things in life that seem that, that seem both. They're urgent. They need addressed right now, but they're not actually that important. And then there are a lot of things that are important that don't have urgency to them. So you put them off, put them off, put them off, put them off. And then you realize, oh, shit, I really should have done that because now I'm in a place I don't want to be. That was really important, but it wasn't urgent. So you kept putting it off. That's podcast 1714 is a mindset podcast titled Important vs. Urgent. And then we need to learn how to scale specifics. When I am super duper stressed, what's the least I can do and still make progress? And this is helpful for you and your clients. Podcast 1547 is a mindset podcast titled "Stress uh, Minimize Stress by Doing the Minimum. It's podcast 1547. So for example, I might have a lot of nuances about nutrition. The client and I are working on calories, protein. I might even have them be controlling their sugars and dietary fats. And then we have our distribution based on the section of the day where they work out. They might have a higher percentage of their calories and protein compared to days like times when they don't work out. But when the day goes to crap, they know where to pull back to. They pull back to, hey, did I hit my calories for the day? Did I get my protein? Who cares what my sugars were? Who cares when I had it? Life was crazy today. I just got in whatever I could, but I know I got my calories in. I know I got my protein in. Great. They're going to make progress. Maybe not as much progress if we would have all the other nuances, but they're going to make progress. Whereas if they went, well, today's crap. I'm just, who cares? I'll eat whatever, whenever. No, because then you're going to go backwards. Don't do that. (laughs) So how do we scale the specifics of what we do to match the stress that we have on that day? That's what podcast 1547 helps with. Uh, Books, a great book is by Jim Lower. Uh, Lore, L-O-E-H-R. It's a book called The Power of Full Engagement. Amazing book. Definitely check that out. And then Ted Ed <laughs> on YouTube. Man, if you go to Ted Ed and type in anything, <laughs> Ted Ed stress, Ted Ed priorities, Ted Ed, uh, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. Actually, we're going to be talking about verbal and nonverbal here in a second. You can go to Ted Ed and, and type nonverbal skills. Ted Ed is freaking awesome. Tons of stuff uh, that you can learn from relatively quick, relatively engaging uh, videos, and tons and tons and tons of stuff. So definitely check out Ted Ed on YouTube. So the third thing that I think is super important is communication skills, verbal and nonverbal. Uh, verbal skills, the first verbal communication skill you need to learn is how to listen. Yep. (laughs) The most important thing you can do with how you speak is to not speak. Listen. As as the phrase says, you know, God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. Listen twice as much as you speak. (laughs) Uh, There's a podcast, 1851, is a mindset podcast titled Three Tips to Create Deeper Connections. When you are working with clients, like there's a, a, a quote, like nobody cares how much, like, uh, was it? yes, no one, no one cares how much you know until they know that you care. 
So what that means is when you're working with clients, you can be an expert in your field. But if they're like, he doesn't even know my name, she doesn't even know my name, they don't know anything about me, they're forgetting my information half the time, I have to remind them things of, like, like that I ask them to do all the time. If, if they don't think you care, they don't care how much you know. So focus on connecting with people. And just recognize to yourself that if someone's working with you, man, how much of a freaking, like, oh, that's so meaningful. That's so, like, honoring. That's such a compliment. That's an amazing gift, an amazing blessing in life for someone to say, this aspect of my life, I am allowing you to influence it. So when it comes to my nutrition, my training, my mental and emotional health, my physical health, this whole area of my life, I want to know what you think. I want to know what you would want me to do. Man, that's freaking huge, right? That's amazing that people would would trust you and want to know your opinion. So it's an enormous compliment. So honor that compliment by, by caring about the person. Uh, so it's very helpful, and I think it's really important. Um, this is the area that if I probably had like a stress component of my life, <laughs> uh, as if I don't, but this is the one that kind of hits me the hardest is balancing my personal life with my business life is challenging because I see business as personal. And that's something I've had to work on um, creating a healthy you know, difference between there. But I want to have a great relationship with my wife, and I want her to know that she comes first in life. It's God and her, so I guess, you know, that God's first. She's really close second, and I think she's okay with that order. But I want her to know that she's the most important thing to me, you know, like outside of God. And that means you know, if, if, if there's time in the middle of the day where she needs me to do something, uh, I'm going to do it, even if it means I won't communicate with a client that day. But that's meaningful to me, and I don't look past that. Like, if I don't communicate with that client today, that's somebody who trusted me with their life, and I'm making them wait another day before they can hear from me. And that's probably the thing that causes me the most stress, is I wish I could communicate with every client every single day. Now, there isn't even something to talk about every day. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I wish I could communicate more, and that's something I'm making huge life changes for in uh, how I run the business and how I run my personal life to make sure I could do that better. I want to honor that aspect more uh, in what I do. And that's the thing that makes the, like means the most to me is I want people to know that I appreciate the opportunity to get to work with them and that I honor that and I'm trying my best. Uh, that is something that if your clients can feel that energy from you, if they can feel that commitment, they can feel that passion, it's going to help you a lot in business, and then that in turn helps you help more people. So I've been very, very, very blessed to have to have a cap on my client list, and um, I've had seasons where I've had to turn people down, uh, which stinks, horrible feeling. Ugh, I've had to grow through that feeling. Uh, but I knew if I kept saying yes to everybody, I overextended myself, and I didn't do a great job for anybody. So uh, I've had seasons where I've had to say no, send them to other trainers I know or send them resources or ask them if they'd be willing to wait. Uh, and it's it's a huge blessing to be in a position in business 
where that actually is a problem. <laughs> uh, that's something I've had to struggle with. And it's a huge blessing to have that struggle. But the more you share how much you care, <laughs> uh, it will help you get into a position like that as well where you're ha- helping the maximum amount. And then you're still able to have people reach out. You're still able to send them resources or send them to other trainers that you know uh, would be just as passionate as you. They just maybe aren't aware of that trainer. Um, so that was active listening. Uh, 18, 1851, again, is the Mindset Podcast, Three Tips to Create Deeper Connections. The other thing we want to learn is tough love. When we're talking with a client, um, if you're frustrated or if you see them missing some like basic things, don't be a jerk face about it. Uh, tough love is something I learned from my parents. <laughs> so thank you, Mom and Dad. Um, now, they did a great job with the love part, but they definitely did a good job with the tough part. Is it just when you're supposed to do things in life, you just freaking do them. And that's the way it is. You leave all your excuses aside and just you do it or you don't do it. That's it. If you have to, if you have to explain why you didn't do it, no one gives a shit. It still didn't get done. So just do it. And that's helped me a lot in my personal life. That's helped me a lot in business. So podcast 488, again, that's an old one. You'll have to go to our website, use a you know, uh, description of how to find older podcasts. But it's a mindset podcast titled Brutal Honesty, The Tough Love Balance. What I would encourage trainers to do is to have that tough love balance. Can't be all tough with no love, and you can't be all love with no tough. you got to have a balance of that uh, to be the best you can be for your clients. So that's very important. Then the third thing under verbal communication is... We versus you. Your words matter a lot. Whoa, they matter a lot. <laughs> Using the words we versus the word you is extremely important. Uh, when you work with a client, it's a partnership. Whenever a client, for example, say they mess up on their diet, in their journals, I, w- I always write, and I, I, to be honest, this is such second nature to me now. I don't even recognize I'm doing it until like, I, f- I make a podcast. And I'm like, oh, yeah, crap, I do that. <laughs> but I would say something like, hey, we missed our calories on Wednesday. Uh, you got a good breakfast in, but we missed lunch. So I, it would be helpful to understand if that's a consistency, why we are missing lunch, and what we could do to fix that. If you hear the we... We, like we missed lunch, we missed calories, we this. That's a lot different than you missed your calories on Wednesday. You didn't eat lunch. It would be helpful to know why you didn't so I can help you do better. I'm saying it in an odd way. But when you use the words you, 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 and especially when it's on things that need to be corrected, oh, it's such an accusatory type language. And it hurts. It's a grating at people, even if they're not aware of it. It creates separation. You don't want separation. It creates a I'm better than you kind of uh, feeling in the client. You definitely don't want that. So share the journey with your clients. It's a partnership. What I always think of, and again, this is I'm very blessed that this comes naturally, is when they have success, they succeed. Like that's their success. But whenever we fail, it's it's our failure. Now, somebody might argue that that's not emotionally healthy for me, <laughs> but it is how it's healthy for the client. Is when a client does a great job at a competition or a contest, I'm like, man, you did great. I'm so happy for you. Congratulations. 
But when something doesn't go well, I'm like, eh, you know, we tried our best. We'll learn from this and we'll come back. We, we, we versus you, you, you. I give them the celebrations. I share the failures. When you do that, it again leads into that caring component and it makes people understand that if they're working with you, not only am I grateful towards them and I want to give my best to them, but whenever they're choosing to work with me, I hope they give them their best to me. <laughs> you know, I want them to have a sense of, hey, this, this person's really with me on this journey. I need to step up. You know, when I miss my meals, when I miss my numbers, when I miss my training, that word we is in there all the time. And they see it as failure for them as well. And they see it as we're not going to reach the goal that we both combined on. We both agreed on. So it gives that sense of reciprocity. We're both working for each other, like for the betterment of each other. So watching your terminology, watching your words of weavers you is extremely important. Nonverbal communication, just like when you're there, be there 100%. Don't be on your phone, for the love of God, don't be on your phone when you're with a client. Or excuse yourself or say why you're on your phone if it's an emergency. Just don't be distracted. When you train somebody in person, do not have your phone. I've had my phone set by my office in a little like trough, uh, like plastic thing, to where uh, volume was on. And if I was training a client, it would ring and I'd, like, I'd be like, oh yeah, excuse me, sorry. So if I knew there was an emergency... But, man, for so many years, I couldn't tell you where my phone was half the day <laughs> uh, because I was just training clients. Um, if I don't, like, I remember I used to wear, like, a Casio watch that had a little stop timer because I would time clients for different things. But it was just a basic old freaking watch. It's actually now probably a, a, like an antique a collector's item. But it was uh, just a little timer. I'm not getting lost looking at my watch. I'm not looking at my watch while the client's trying to do things, seeing when the session's over. Um, you know, I might tell them towards the end of the session, I'll say, hey, we got one more exercise. Let me see what time it is. Oh, okay, yeah, we got 10 more minutes. Uh, let's crush this, and I think we can get it in 10 minutes. But if you noticed, I would say, let me see what time it is, and then I would look at my watch. I wouldn't just be looking at my watch and then, then having to wonder why I'm looking at my watch. Uh, so when you're there, be there. 100%. Another tip, don't cross your limbs. Don't cross your legs. Don't cross your arms. Don't cross things. Uh, it looks dismissive. Or I had a client, I had a trainer one time who was uh, a former military, and she would cross her arms like behind her body. I can't, I'm trying to do it right now for no reason whatsoever because you can't see me. But she would have her hands clasped behind her, and she would stand with her feet uh, a little wider than shoulder width apart and just stand there and stare at people. And it was like, whoa, that was so aggressive. It was such an aggressive stance. Uh, and I had to tell her, I said, hey, you gotta, you got to knock that off. <laughs> That's not going to go well. If you're looking at people in the gym, who in the world is going to approach you when you're standing like that? Uh, so we talked about like body language and how important it is uh, and non-crossing your limbs, not crossing your arms, just Trying to learn to stand normal. Yeah, I know it's it's odd because people don't do that in America very much. But just stand. Don't lean on something. Don't lean on things. Don't cross things. Just stand. Just stand. <laughs> That's going to help. And then always be attentive in your stance. Don't slouch. Don't lean on something. Don't be like half turned away from somebody when they're talking to you. Um, 
Now, at six foot tall, 280 some pounds, I, I tend not to square up directly uh, when talking to a female client. I will angle my body a little bit because it's less intimidating. But in general, you still want to give them eye contact. You want to, you know, verbally respond when they're talking, give uh-huh, yep, uh-huh, you know, kind of things. Make sure that they know you're paying attention. And YouTube is a great resource for learning verbal and nonverbal skills uh, for connecting with others. And again, TED-Ed would be a great resource to check out. So that's the main spiel, and this is a very long podcast, uh, but that's the main spiel of what I think would be important. Uh, Everybody thinks it's nutrition, training, and supplements. It's not. Those are important things. But what's more important is social media, time and stress management, and communication skills. I would say they're equally important, if not more, because if you don't get those things correct, no one's going to give a crap what you know about nutrition, training, and supplements. So people have to know that you care first, and then they'll care how much you know, right? So the social media actually lets people be aware of you. Time and stress management skills for yourself and for clients helps actually implement what you know. Again, your nutrition, training, and supplement knowledge means nothing if they don't do it. So you have to learn how to let them do it first, how to help them do it. So social media, people have to know you exist. Time and stress management, they have to actually know how to implement the plans that you're going to write for them. And then communication skills, so that way you can actually connect with the people and they'll stay with you long enough to actually do what you know. So that's why I would say these things are kind of more important because they matter before you ever get to your nutrition training and supplement knowledge. So that's my opinion just some information that I think would be a great place to start. The last thing I think of is if you're a personal trainer, you are a business and you are the CEO of your company. A little weird, weird to think of that. But the reason why it's important to know that you are a business and you are the CEO of your company is you are the problem with every problem. You are the problem. Everything depends on you. If you want something to change, you have got to change it. of whatever problems you run into is you. Yep, you're going to hate that (laughs) because I hate it. But if if you want to grow, it's on you. If you want to reach more people, it's on you. If, you know, no one's reaching out to me, that's, that's your fault. That's your problem. You know, I'm not making enough money. That's your problem. Like, whatever the heck it is. Clients aren't following my programs. That's a you problem, man. That's not a, that's not a client problem. That's a you problem. They're like every single thing that you run into that is a problem, that's you. It's your problem. You might not have created it, but <laughs> it's on you to solve it. Every single problem is a you problem. Figure it out. Focusing on helping others. That's going to be the biggest focus you can have for business. Focusing on helping people as best as you possibly can. How you would want to be helped. And sometimes that actually means you have to listen to them and actually help them in the way they want helped. But it means that you would want someone to listen to you, right? So focusing on people, helping people the best you can. Focusing on listening to people. Everything else that you encounter will be a challenge, but you'll make it through. But if you focus on helping people, you'll succeed eventually. It's not going to be easy, but you'll succeed. 
The other thing, last thing I'll say is that try anything that has potential to help other people. Anything, anything, absolutely anything. Failure isn't in the details, it's in the approach. You fail when you don't try. Not when you try something and it doesn't work out. That's not failure. Failure would have been not trying it in the first place. I have tried so many things that have not done anything (laughs) the way that I thought they would in business. But I've grown in business. I'm very blessed, very grateful, and it's because I was willing to try. I had to try all the wrong things to also have the courage to try the right things. And you don't know what they are until after you've done them. Don't miss out on good things because you're afraid of failure. Failure is not trying. It isn't the outcome of what you tried. Failure is when you don't try. That's failure. Okay, really long podcast. Hopefully to anybody who made it through, I hope this was helpful. There's a lot of information in here. Please go listen to the podcast. Please listen to any of the the books, the you know YouTube channels, all that stuff. Tons of research, resources. Keep you busy for a long time. Uh, just let me know if you need anything. Shoot me an email, brutalironjim at gmail.com. If you have any specific questions, I'll make more podcasts in the future. I was actually thinking about bringing back the personal trainer education podcast or create a video series on YouTube. So if you would like that, let me know. And if you have a preference, whether it's podcasts or on YouTube, let me know that as well. I just want to check in every week and just teach something that I think trainers would need to know. So again, let me know if you think that's a good idea. And second, let me know if you want to do that on podcast or YouTube. Okay. Again, if you need anything, reach out. My email is brutalironjim at gmail.com. If you like the podcast, please share the podcast. If you like the podcast, please consider donating to support the podcast, which you can do on our website. Also, if you like the information we share in the podcast, you can find more from us on our social media channels. You can find us and follow us on Instagram and YouTube under the name Brutal Iron Gym. As always, I hope this was helpful, and thank you for listening.